0: I'm Fathery.
1: This is Dave.
0: I'm Aaron. <laughs> and I'm Rachel. And this is Text Trek. Engage. Welcome back aboard the Starship Texas for the two hundred nineteenth installment of the Text Trek podcast, the home of Star Trek fandom from deep in the heart of Texas, where we take a deep look at Star Trek, old and new. And tonight we are talking about Star Trek: Prodigy, season one, episode sixteen. Which uh, my notes say "Masquerade," which is incorrect. <laughs> that was last week's episode. This is actually uh Prelude. A preludes. Just, Prelude is masquerading
2: about as Masquerade. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: But no, this is a season one, episode 16 preludes directed by uh, Stephen Chung Ong and Sung Shin and written by the entire. Prodigy writers room big a, list, a big team big effort, list. yeah, they, they did this before they we saw them do this with a moral star parts one and two, which, you know, was big episodes of the season finale.
1: And as we'll talk about, I'm, you can see why everybody wanted to chip in on this one.
0: <laughs> yes, oh, or definitely. why it was probably easier to put together, yeah. almost mm-hmm. as if this, this episode was was designed to be broken down <laughs> into uh, individual separate okay. segments, which makes it really easy for us to Bite-sized talk genes. about in our episode breakdown. Uh, before we dive in, though, just a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, I want to remind uh, everyone that we will be doing a patreon watch party in about a week on saturday december 10th we're going to be watching the first moriarty episode of tng uh, kind of getting ready for his return in picard season three so yeah we're going to be doing elementary my dear data that's going to be december 10th at three thirty p.m central and uh, a big thank you to everyone who does uh, help us out on the patreon Starfleet Boy, Cake is Eternal, Gay Cleven Lundstrom, Crazy Dutchie, Joanne Robertson, Quarksbar, John Dawes, Sci-Fi Haven, and our anonymous supporters, thank you all so much. It really uh, helps us out a lot. If you can chip in a little bit each month, and if people would like to join our Patreon and attend those watch parties, you can come in as little as two bucks per month. That'll get you into the monthly watch-alongs, and if you want to be more generous, there are some additional perks for the higher tiers as well. And I also want to remind everyone that you know, if you if you can't help out on Patreon, we would love if you could subscribe to the YouTube channel. I, I forgot to bring it up the last few weeks, and I think it kind of shows. We haven't been picking up as many subscribers as I thought we would, but we're trying to get to 1,000 before the end of the year, and we're close. We got a, a little, little over 30 subscribers to go and a little under 30 days to pull it off, so it's it's very obtainable, but uh, it, it might not happen, so if if y'all want to see us reach that goal and torture me by making me honor my promise of singing my least favorite song of all time, Star Trek Enterprises' Faith of the Heart. <laughs> I, I will gladly do it. Well, maybe not gladly, but I will.
1: <laughs> Begrudgingly? <laughs> there will be a song in your heart, Fathery, because you'll know why you're doing it. It'll have yes, meaning. Yes,
0: yes I, I, would, I would love to hit that 1,000 subscribers goal. <laughs> so even even if you listen to us on, on one of the various podcast platforms we can be found on, if you want to just log into YouTube with your Gmail account and hit that subscribe button, that'll get us... Closer to hitting that goal and uh, making me sing a song that a lot of people really like for unknown reasons.
1: But for <laughs> you, it's like an it, agonizer.
0: It is, yeah. So you can you can be torturing me in the in the agony booth, like we're in the mirror universe. Like like Dave and I got tortured in our. Uh, if you watch the the opening title video that we have on the YouTube channel, that's another reason to subscribe. You know, you get to see us being tortured by our mirror universe counterparts. That happened a few years ago.
1: That was some some serious acting. <laughs> and special effects for us. High high production values. Saran wrap, I think, might have been used, but yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you if you if you have already subscribed, and uh, thank you if you are subscribing now, because you're hearing my request, and you're a nice person, and you want, want to help us out. Uh, with all of that out of the way, though, let's talk about some Star Trek Prodigy. I'm going to quickly recap the episode by reading the official synopsis, and then I'll expand on it with spoilers, and then we'll each kind of give our thoughts on it, but the official synopsis reads, A Starfleet Admiral digs into the past of the Protostar crew. Meanwhile, the Diviner recalls his life's mission. I don't know why these synopses always try to like keep it a mystery about Janeway. It's like, It's like, a Starfleet Admiral pursues these kids. <laughs> I was like,
3: she's been regularly on the show for this entire part of the season.
0: One of the most iconic Star Trek characters in franchise history, Catherine Janeway. <laughs> it's actually not it was-
2: her. <laughs>
1: yeah that's their subtle hint yeah (laughs) oh she's a
0: changeling or a conspiracy bug or a android from mud's android planet
3: early on streaming like plays you could uh and like streaming services you could tell when someone had to like watch five minutes of an episode and try to write a synopsis because they had to like write Mm. for like (laughs) 200 plus episodes there's a fraser episode where they wrote it off the joke in the first episode and they're like it's about niles wetting the bed the rest of that episode is a cheers reunion and it doesn't (laughs) mention it at all (laughs)
2: Like, the really generic, it's like the Enterprise encounters a strange alien, on a, uh, yeah. you know, an alien planet. You're like, okay, that's sure. every
0: Star Trek. <laughs> you know, <it's> like... <laughs> but what we actually get here is like a little prequel origin story. Doesn't doesn't answer all the questions, but answers a lot of questions for each character. We get to see the early days of Rock Talk, Zero, Jinkum Pog, and the Diviner. So, uh, three three heroes, one bad guy. And at the same time, you know, Janeway herself, the real Janeway, flesh Janeway, as uh, (laughs) Dave creepily named her. She's learning about these kids herself. So kind of getting caught up to where the audience is and kind of getting everyone on the same page. Mm -hmm. So even though they're looking at the past, they're still moving their present story forward. Uh, Rachel, let's let you go first. But just uh, go ahead and tell us kind of your broad thoughts on this episode just your general overall impression
3: i i absolutely love this episode this might be my one of my one of my favorites of this part of the season i like one thing i had wondered about a lot of the characters was like hey how how did we get here like i know they're kids but they're not that young like they obviously had like lives and i'd really Mm -hmm. been wanting to learn about them and i love that we learn about them and like the um like the backstory for the diviner as well. And it uh, brought home my thing where I was like, as soon as Janeway actually figures out what's going on, she's not going to be villainizing these children. And vindication, so that's yep. always nice.
1: I was glad Janeway finally got that 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 mm-hmm. um, finally dropped. Yeah, yeah. just
0: in time to be a uh, karate chopped and knocked out. <laughs> <Cruz style. laughs> Aaron, what about you? What was your takeaway on this week's episode?
2: I I really love the I like the idea of the multiple stories, which is kind of cool to have like the little and because it, it feels sort of like a clip show in a way, but without being a clip show. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing I'm realizing though is like I have little to no interest in the whole background of the diviner and their planet and whatever, just because it's like okay, it's clearly a misunderstanding. Starfleet didn't like blow them up or something like that, and you kind of learn a little bit more about that, and you're just like. You, you have internal politics issues like you drug that created this entire show <laughs> like come on people <laughs> for some reason it just was like eh, all right but i love all the other stories and just the idea that we learned that you know jake and pog is from the pre-federation like tellerites and just sort of yes. little bits of information mm-hmm. and that was pretty cool and just again you know like always visually it's just beautiful the way they've put everything together and, and even when they were showing like the history of what happened on the diviners planet they're using sort of like this different illustration style so it's like you know historical information kind of like what they did in the uh, in what man of steel when they went to they told the history of krypton and they used kind of a different style of design so yeah that was pretty cool mm-hmm. so yeah overall I, I actually i really liked it
0: cool uh I'll, I'll just go ahead and share my thoughts on it but th- this episode was a big reminder to me i think i've i've probably mentioned this before but i I really want to emphasize it that prodigy of all five modern star trek shows currently in production i consider prodigy the one that is the best at the long form storytelling Mm -hmm. i think they do it better Mm -hmm. than than anyone else which is you know that's not really like the priority of say like you know strange new worlds or lower decks but i think it it really benefits that because of the nature of animation they had to plan out 40 episodes initially Mm -hmm. and you know that's that's definitely beneficial into something that I think, you know, live action. I know it's a different world. You gotta get things in in front of cameras, gotta get, you know, sets built, gotta get scripts ready so you can start shooting things. But I, I really wish they could kind of, you know, learn some of these, some of these lessons and kind of apply them. But uh yeah, it was it was cool, you know, getting to see so much of the past. And also, it doesn't feel like the, the show slowed down too much, even though they're just, you know, hanging out, fixing their ship, yeah. kind of recovering from the last two episodes. You know, we still got like that big cliffhanger ending where it's like, oh, my God, uh, Ascensia and the Divider are going to, I don't know, take over the Dauntless. Like, uh, you know, a, a big event still happened there at the end to make us excited to come back next week the biggest mystery of the show you know the thing that they've kept closest to the chest that they haven't really revealed or hinted at very much since the the first few episodes but where is jacote what happened to him I, I kept saying you know i never feel like i'm being strung along with prodigy because they're always you know giving us answering some questions giving us little tidbits here and there but there's you know one big mystery that they've been keeping to themselves and then we finally got that answered. you know we know where he is The ship, you know, went through some temporal anomaly, came out a wormhole in the future. The Vonnegott found him. So, you know, we we don't know his current status, but we got like a big chunk of information about Chakotay. So that was exciting. And yeah, just uh, I, I really want to credit just the structure of this long serialized arc that they're doing as I've just really enjoyed getting It's like I go into it like expecting I'm gonna get like this other satisfying chunk of story that's gonna you know move things along and it just it never disappoints and I'm always kind of surprised I'm like oh well like they're still doing a good job at this so that's uh that's been a lot of fun for me just this whole like new batch of episodes we've gotten but uh Dave what about you what was your uh general take on this episode
1: I'm sorry to say that I liked it too (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's so dramatic. Oh, no. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I wanted to touch on structure in a slightly different way, in a more, uh, I guess, micro way to the episode and not the macro of the, the season, um, fathery. There's this, there, you know, this is like a, um, almost like an anthology episode in the sense of, you know, having these little mini stories within. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I was thinking about um, some other animated shows that have done the same and they've done a really good job with it. Uh, if you go back to Batman, the animated series in the 90s, the episode almost got him. Oh, I think people, yeah. People who watch that show will remember that one where the villains mm-hmm. trade stories about the time they nearly took down Batman.
0: That episode uh, just turned 30 years old a couple of weeks ago.
1: I don't want to hear that, Fathery. No, nobody <laughs> needs to even know that. More recently on uh, on Nickelodeon's own uh, Last Airbender uh, there's an episode, uh, one of the best episodes, I'd say, the show called "Tales of Basing Say, yeah. and yeah,
3: we don't it's... need we don't need me to cry. We don't need to talk about that.
1: <laughs> Man, yeah, it's like that. That episode dropped some serious stuff, and th- th- this episode was uh, had a lot of sad stuff in it, which is actually uh, I-, I think that's to its credit. I liked, you know, it made it memorable. There was certainly fun mm-hmm. stuff along the way uh jankum and uh rock Talk had some uh, had some good funny bits but i appreciated that these were all stories kind of tinged with sadness hard to not have that when essentially every character has to end up in a prison at the end of their story
3: a prison while they're still a child yeah <laughs> <laughs> right yeah Yeah. It's
1: the the kazon in their in the old, in a very small way are getting a bit of a glow up as as villains yeah mm-hmm. since they were never great villains but it's like oh man if they've they they kind of had a hand in all of these um uh, uh imprisonments so i'm like uh, i want to punch their big doofy heads
2: my old co-star called them trash bag klingons <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah they're they're just like, never okay. gonna live up to the old klingons oh um but yeah the, the the concise storytelling was i thought like when you, when you can tell a good 5 minute story or 3 minute story you know how i don't know how short the shortest one was uh that that is impressive and you know so this this episode was a compiled three or i guess four of those if we if we want to count the diviner and uh, vindicator's backstory uh into into one like really tightly tightly constructed episode i felt like all of the stories had some surprises in them at no point was i like yeah that was probably about what i expected from rock talk or Mm -hmm. any Mm -hmm. any of them and i was pleased also that they crossed the barrier of you know getting janeway up to up to speed at least on the basic knowledge that these kids were kind of uh, are essentially innocent pawns. Uh, yeah. So for yeah. for me, it's one of the best episodes they've done. I think uh, I I'm hard pressed to find ones I like better. Or although um, all the world's stage, you know, is is up there, and there there's other ones, a few others from the first season too. But uh, I was super happy with it.
0: In our live audience, uh, Joel is pointing out uh, to you, Dave, that he he heard you really liked the Kubayashi Maru book and that's what he thought
4: of
1: oh yeah that's the structure on that
0: yeah you know everyone on the bridge of the original series enterprise kind of telling their stories to oh, each man. other of what they did at the academy when they took the oh, kobayashi maru test
3: that's fun i i it's a like a novel
0: yeah, yeah. spoiler alert scotty had the best and kirk had the worst <laughs> as far as like the actual story
1: The framework is kind of the old stuck in an elevator thing. They're stuck in a Mm shuttlecraft and I guess like, you know, regulations are, you're not supposed to actually, I guess, at least the way they're writing it, talk about what, what happened on the Kobayashi Maru, but they're like, Hey, we're all, we're all marooned in here and we might die. So let's just blab it. And so that's, that's the frame. It it, it is a little bit of a mixed bag, but there's a lot of good stuff in there. And it's interesting, you know, they try and give everybody like a pretty, very different thing that happened to them.
4: Mm -hmm.
1: Cool fathery i always felt like scotties they should have essentially adapted that into uh trek 09 Uh, i think it would have been cooler if they had uh you know gone a a little more badass like that instead of kind of snarky
0: i was i was talking to joel about that in the text track discord server so just a reminder wherever you're listening to us there should be a link to get into the discord in the description so you can come over there and we can talk about cool stuff like what books dave likes (laughs) and other things that
1: are much cooler you two can stalk me. <laughs> <laughs> Big shock. Dave likes an occasional Star Trek book. <laughs> mm. oh, what a surprise.
0: Let's go ahead and get into our episode breakdown. Just starting off at the beginning before we uh, get into the preludes that make up the episode preludes. But we start off with the Dauntless still in pursuit of the Protostar. The Protostar still hiding from the Dauntless in the neutral zone. And uh, Tysus hands Janeway a pad with, I guess, like the rap sheet on these on these fugitives or i guess it's funny they're called the unwanted yeah it's like a wanted poster but they're called the unwanted so it's like how do you have a wanted poster for the unwanted (laughs) it's a paradox
3: is the unwanted not what they were called on on like the where they were prisoner they were like all called that
0: yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, everyone on tarz was an unwanted
3: yeah
1: so is that kind of like a way to say to this sector these are escapees from prison of some sort you know even though people might look at it and say, why are there a bunch of kids in prison? But I don't know. <laughs> Wait, is the well, the good thing guy? is that they're not
2: going to get any information from them because those are just like little bars. <laughs> There's no text to it. That was the one thing I noticed because like everything is very detailed and you see text in everything. And then this is just like dash, 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 dash. It's so, like what I do if I try to make something for far away when I don't really want real text. I so. assumed
3: it was something where she like pressed, like where she pressed it and there was more information.
2: Yeah, it? I yeah. assume that they, she's was it just like, more bars. Though? It like,
1: thought it was just... there's a little. Uh, would you like to know more Starship <laughs> Troopers button? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: That's just my graphic design brain and over.
1: I'm doing guys. my part of ratting out these kids to the cops. <laughs> <laughs> but the
0: the kids themselves, it is uh, Aaron. You, you and I were talking about this previously, and you pointed out how kind of untraditional it is for star trek to uh oh all this crazy stuff just happened in the last couple of episodes let's uh let's take a minute and like recover from yeah. from mm-hmm. all of that
3: i really enjoyed that i was like yeah it would take them a second especially because they don't sound like they have a full crew or anything
2: well it just what's his name with well, uh dal when it's just like it's like hey you want to give me a second i just found out that i'm like made in a lab you know it's just like <laughs> in another like a regular you know not a regular show but in, like yeah. in voyager or something it may have been just like we just don't hear about that then for oh, some period of time afterwards.
3: And there was that definitely a some event, of yeah. the '90s Star Trek, like they didn't obviously didn't pay attention. Look like, what episode was coming next? Because I was like, uh, what I like to call is Bashir's worst week is that he, uh, as soon as he gets back from being like a prisoner on that Cardassian uh, prison, he is immediately outed as an augment. <laughs> that is the next episode. <laughs> yeah, oh, those.
1: Uh... Those uh, st- standalone episodes sometimes mashed together weirdly,
3: and you're like, <laughs> "You're like, oh no, was this all at once?" Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a rough week. They they managed to not uh, destroy a space station this week, or or have a have like a shootout at one. So that's good, good luck. Job, good kids. news for our space stations everywhere in the around the Romulan neutrals.
0: <laughs> and Aaron, I also noticed another thing that you pointed out to me is that how. Murph is less expressive now that he has limbs, yeah, it like, seems uh, like it when he's me. like walking around on the ship, yeah, he's like he's less fluidic, he's more he's more static, yeah, mm-hmm. sure, it kind of limits the um I don't know, like i guess some of the more interesting animation that if you watch done the making them, guess, of the
2: um the short track with uh the little robot what's his name
0: yeah Ephraim uh, and dot F-Rom and dot the, yeah they talk about how you know they use no-directed.
2: stretching and like when he's moving and just like different things that makes his expressions kind of like it expanded even though he's like robotic mm-hmm. and he has made like it doesn't feel like murph does that i mean even when he was running with the lasers it was still very like Solid. Mm-hmm. It felt like it's a gummy bear walking, as opposed to like something mm-hmm. that was liquidy. <laughs> I don't know. That's the best way I can describe mm-hmm. it. See, I'm st- still kind of getting used to that. Yeah. But
0: I love I the action Murph. So <laughs> at least at least I know he looks really cool when like he's fighting
1: dudes. Yeah. You know you know what I liked about this scene that we've we've got pulled up, which is in fact the scene of the kids all they're working on the what do they call it the auxiliary um warp warp drive
0: the the proto drive.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they uh, they're they're working on that because they're kind of they're stuck there, uh, damaged in the neutral zone. Uh, is that Dell? You know, in a reasonable both teenager and I, I would probably say adult style is being a little angsty and he's even kind of comparing he, like he's like I've more I've got more sadness than any of you yeah. or whatever. And then and then Gwen immediately pipes up and she's like, Are you being hunted by your father? And he's like, <laughs> Okay, you've got me beat. I appreciated that he didn't like hang on to it. He was like very quickly was like, Okay, that's fair. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's also a very teenager. I mean it's like, you know, that yeah. Well, yeah. fits them very well.
1: And then, it, and then, um, is that when I guess Zero kind of gets? The, is it Zero who has the idea to, to kind of that maybe they they should ask you know talk about their stuff?
0: Yeah, they should they mm-hmm. should talk about their feelings.
2: Cause I Zero makes sense because he could sense their feelings.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, the the empath, the telepath, he's like. I'm picking up all these feelings y'all are having. Like, I think it'd really help all of us if we just like, you know, talk to each other, Uh like a group therapy session.
1: I was wondering, you know, like this is not the kind of show to like really do deep dives onto the ethics of, of telepathy and stuff like that. But, um, you, you know, uh, they did just read rock talks, uh, mind without, You know, without any sort of permissions. And, you know, I don't expect that to really go overboard unless there's a story where Zero has to be evil for a story. I I, I, I
3: assume it's something, like, they don't have control over, like, the way, like, if someone is making an obvious facial expression, I don't get to Mm. choose whether I read that or not. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. I I sort of like
0: that. If someone's having a conversation 5 feet from you like you can try to ignore it but you're still going to hear a lot mm-hmm. of it. So I th- I think that's kind of how that, at least that's been my understanding. You know, of yeah. you know I would actually love wrote.
1: if they if they kind of made that explicit with you know it wouldn't take much more than what Rachel just said uh to to say that. Yeah yet. I, I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, it's not a big deal. It's just just kind of It's like when somebody mind. does that
2: where they're like right next to you and it's like why are you overhearing? Like why why are you <laughs> eavesdropping? I'm like no you're right yeah,
1: no if you're me. having a private <laughs> conversation
3: go somewhere you private. wore your bluetooth yeah. into the store
1: I yes hear you exactly
2: having fight was, with
3: your wife
1: was
2: literally <laughs> what am i what i was thinking somebody in a grocery uh, store yeah they were yelling out All their right. social security number and this is my, <laughs> my roommate walked by gave them the social security number and said you might want to not do that and they got very pissed off he's like I'm not going to take your social security number and do something horrible with it. Somebody might, you know? Right.
3: Oh my God. If somebody used to work retail, just, just a reminder, the retail worker is a person and they could hear the conversation you're having. Like, honestly, like a foot away from you. Yes. Oh, and also maybe just like, don't talk on the phone when someone's trying to check you out. It goes faster that way.
1: <laughs> I, I agree, but I'm afraid that that barrier feels like it was crossed. Yeah.
2: That's what caused world war three in Star Trek. <laughs>
1: So yeah, this is the framework their framework for it is just the kids hanging out. They're they're working on repairs. And I think somebody says shouldn't they keep working on repairs, right? Does it, is it Dal who says like no, nah, we we need to like, you know, unwind or something. I f- I mm-hmm. forget what it was.
3: I forget the exact word, but Dal does make like a comment like it would help us if we like were able to like chill for like a second.
1: I mean, yeah. arguably I would imagine that they would have realistically maybe had this conversation a few weeks ago. But uh, you know, they've been on the run and some of them are kind of reticent to talk about their past yeah. so
2: i don't know where exactly where the ship is now but i imagined it was like you know hiding in an asteroid or something like that mm-hmm.
1: yeah something like that
0: when when they first start the rock talk flashback to her wwf days or, <laughs> or whatever <laughs> uh, i was i was like oh this is interesting i didn't really need like a whole rock talk flashback episode but uh i'll i'll check it out see what they do and then when i you know later realized like oh they're gonna do this for multiple characters i thought that was really exciting so I, i'm kind of glad that we didn't spend like a ton of time with with mm-hmm. rock talk yeah I, i'm curious about like her parents like we, we see her already in slavery fighting yeah. the uh yeah the hero uh you know it's also a thing with like you know Jenkum pog like well how did he get his robot arm and 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 <laughs> some stuff like that but
1: yeah i think there's there's essentially there's a, a, at least one one more follow-up backstory episode for everybody and probably more uh, than that. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have to keep some stuff for future episodes.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah, for sure. As far as just setting up the basics of like, you know, like here's what I was doing immediately before, uh, before it went down, uh, before I was uh, busting rocks. I Uh, kind of, like,
3: wonder if, like, maybe they're setting up, like, the heroes going to, like, appear in an episode and be reunited with Rock Talk. I
1: wondered about that. Yeah, You know, at the the very end of this one, the uh, old Don Quixote-type hero... Does he, he's not the one who, like, sells her out or anything, right? That no. Was just, well, like, I, I he think might he's be a slave himself. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's, yeah. Eating, he's eating the same goop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. thought
3: but, I was a little confused, but then I was like, no, he was, like, winking at her when she was, like, making it funny. And he was like, no, I'm on board with this. Like, Yeah, he, yeah. he played
0: along. When, when they go off script, like, he was he was on board with it immediately. Mm-hmm. He seemed
1: like they both were trying to do the best they could in, the, in their obviously bad situation. Yeah. Good she was having partners. some fun with it as, like, you know, as a kid would with trying to make a game of anything but I, yeah i do want to see that guy again
3: i cannot remember the name of the episode uh that i'm referring to but i wondered if it was like similar to like that episode that has a rock in it in voyager
2: it's uh t-s-u-n-k-a-t-s-e to
0: yeah know or something like
1: that his his armor did recall like what was it that tng armor that like Riker wore and that one training
3: episode oh yeah yeah i guess i guess oh, that's yeah. the one that, just, the just a little showed bit.
0: up on uh on lower decks a couple of times uh, mm-hmm. recently which is a, a good show to, to show that on but yeah it's it's kind of similar to that style kind of like that yeah i don't know like that 80s uh type of of star trek shoulder pads
3: they're on the same like <laughs> near the same area of space like if they were in like a similar situation that like seven was in.
0: yeah that was the wcw this is the wwf before it all got merged together because i i don't know i haven't kept up with wrestling in 20 years but uh yeah he's the hero is sad when the mm-hmm. uh kazon it's the same kazon that we've seen a couple times before who sold the vacation the child yeah. into slavery he, he he took rock talk into so he like he really likes uh you know trafficking uh children
1: <laughs> this guy's gonna have to get it get it hardcore at some point
0: yeah, for a dude who who's only called uh, Kazon number one in the script, like, he sure is uh, a, a pretty terrible
1: Star Trek villain. He's number one in my hatred.
3: There was, like, a Kation child in the, like, I think in this part, and I would then maybe mm-hmm. go, like, what happened to that kid? Like, like where is she?
1: Also... Who, who, you know, apparently, like, I guess the people who attend these maybe don't quite know, or maybe maybe they do, that the people who are entertaining them are, like, es- essentially slaves or prisoners. Because, like, that, that kid, the little Cation kid, was clearly, like, doing the equivalent of getting an autograph uh, mm-hmm. at, like, wrestling. Uh, and I did love that scene. And poor uh, Rocktok got hissed at. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> the cat's so cute. And then it's like...
0: <sighs> <laughs> well... I'm glad to see that uh, writer producer, Aaron Walkie is in our live audience. And he's uh, reminding us that uh, about that, that Voyager episode. Rachel was, was talking about hey. uh, Aaron is saying uh, it's the one where the rock is an alien wrestler. This was an homage with rock as an alien wrestler. So <laughs> they have rock. R-O-K is short for rock talk as a wrestler.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm going to call show this. Show? I like this. I'm going to call her segment. The the history of rock. <laughs> <laughs> that works
0: i gotta say one thing though that, that kind of bugs me about like the uh the reused animation models which i know like every animated show does and you know if if, if you can't accept that you you don't know much about how television is made but every time we see klingons they kind of all have like the same forehead ridges they all look like uh like the sons of moog it's all like Worf or kern mm-hmm. <laughs> and i noticed that uh again here like the the klingons that we see spectating and uh, hanging out when the hero, I guess, is doing like, you know, interacting with his fans, uh, but they all have like that same style forehead ridge. So I'd love to see at some point if, if Prodigy can add some different styles of, of Klingons into the mix. That'd be cool if that could happen.
1: You know, Father, I wonder, like, you know, if you think about like other CG shows like Clone Wars or Rebels, did did those over time, you know, as like years went by, I would assume they would have built up a catalog of models that would become just wider and wider as they went Mm -hmm. along. So it's then like then it becomes much easier over time. You just have these assets.
0: That's exactly how it works.
1: (laughs) Aaron calls this the school of hard rocks. (laughs) Yes, it's spelled
0: R-O-K-S.
1: Yeah, I love it.
0: Oh, but the other cool thing here was that the story, they have like no shared language mm-hmm. between uh, Rock Talk and the hero. So I, I thought that was cool, you know, when you have like those types of friendships or like,
4: mm-hmm.
0: I guess like I'm a big fan of like the Lee Marvin movie, uh, Hell in the Pacific, with uh, Toshiro Mifune about right. the uh,
1: enemies trapped on an island.
0: Yeah. Which Star Trek has copied that multiple times. I, I would well, Scientifically popular.
1: Concept as as uh, as it goes.
0: I was going to say it was an example of you know like these two people like forced to work together when they don't have like a shared language. I've always liked that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron's also talking about like uh, enemy mine, which is kind yeah, of itself. That's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Hell in the Pacific, but in space. Yep and with a with a baby because alien hell yeah anatomy but
1: <laughs> father you know it's I, I don't think this was like a very you know hyper deliberate thing but i did you know i did think about uh, the the language barrier thing uh having come up a few times where it was sort of a big thing that they were able to establish communications for the people on uh, Tars Lamora right mm-hmm. they, they they had or they got the universal translator up and running was that what it was right uh, yeah. and, and that yeah. allowed them to kind of riot that allowed them to uh...
0: hashtag workers unite
1: yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but just I, I I like that um and, and I think it would be good to you know if, if language comes up as an occasional thing in here as you know Uh, a thing that uh, you can in an interesting way in this one that you can unite without um, at Mm -hmm. least on like a basic level we know that those two people like right before they did turn on the universal translator it seems like there were two people who had connected you know without total you know being able to communicate precisely
0: there's there's two alien dudes that
1: were in love yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. (laughs) good sequence and a fun visual you know obviously this this is like you know like Oh, is it the uh, the medieval medieval times? Is that the oh yeah, medi-
0: like like up in Dallas, there's one of those, and th- yeah, doesn't LA like have chain. one? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, does
1: Los
2: Angeles uh, have one, Aaron? Orange County, I think. Okay,
0: okay but yeah, so it's not too
2: far. Yeah,
1: like a kind of hokey, uh, you know, medieval times fight a little bit with you know audience. Uh, I'm sure parts of the audience, you know, cheering for one person or the other, right? And then of course, uh, rock flips the script. Yeah,
3: like run fairs also have like jousting tournaments. Exactly. Like
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess my last notable thing on this episode is it's an explanation of why Rock Talk doesn't like fighting and doesn't like violence and didn't want to do security officer stuff. So mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Yeah. But anyone else have any thoughts on on Rock Talk's story before we uh switch gears to Zero's story?
3: I just want to I just want to give her a hug. She needs it. All right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, this you know, I was going to say at the very end when Gwen is the one who notices that she doesn't that's that's probably why she doesn't really like fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rock says it helps to talk about it. And, you know, it's especially thinking about the younger audiences of the yeah. show. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's that's a great lesson to drop in there. And yes, uh, she needs she needs that hug.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is a good lesson. You know, people should should talk about their feelings. You should also listen to other people when they try to talk about their yes. feelings. But uh, let's talk about our uh, Medusin zero and their days as a uh, medusan explorer kind of like it was like the medusan starfleet kind of you know they're Mm -hmm. they're they're just out exploring strange new worlds and we see zeros the uh the purple one i guess that's the way that we can distinguish them but yeah they're uh just this cool little curious creature exploring this new planet and then gets trapped by some kazon assholes
1: Mm -hmm. i guess i guess a little Little bugs and stuff like that are not harmed by medusans. That's
2: what I was gonna say. Their their brains must not be like evolved enough to <laughs> oh yeah, master that or something because that's yeah. what I thought too. It was like, uh, well, the bug's I would okay. imagine
1: the medusans are are cognizant of of you know when they're when they might or might not put somebody in, in at threat. So they're, yeah. they're probably being careful about that.
0: When when zero is looking at the grasshopper looking thing, but the, it's, that, it's that cool thing gets, like it gets ate by a rock immediately after that. That <laughs> oh, rock does gets it. it
1: so yes. maybe it oh, did go. No. Oh, oh right, right. Saved. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, it is a uh, circle of life a little bit still. But uh, but I guess also it maybe it's just a visual prelude to the trap they're about to run into. Do the Medusans have a ship? But they like then they they come out in their sort of ener- energy ethereal forms.
0: Right, yeah, that's exactly what happens. That, yeah. We we know that they have ships from the original series and they were famed right. for uh their navigation. So they're, they they mm-hmm. they're clearly a, uh, you know, very into space travel but it was more of zero talking about how they miss being part of that collective hive mind how mm-hmm. they, they were always connected and and i guess the you're talking about like that loneliness of like no communication that must have been especially hard for zero who mm. for them you know normal is like constant communication like they yeah. never separated from from other people's thoughts and stuff so then to go into like the isolation that they're put into must have been
1: really hard yeah, I'd, I'd actually I think that'd be a fun thing to follow up on a little bit more at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. Just discuss, you know, a particularly good thing about being with the Prodigy uh, group, you know, on the mm-hmm. on the Protostar.
3: Yeah, finding like their new family.
1: You know, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, Joel in the audience said uh, he was surprised the uh, Kazons could capture a Medusan. Uh, you know, again, to, I guess this is a slight glow up for the Kazon. L- look at them being somewhat effective at being terrible, but still. <laughs> effective wait
3: it's like wait are we are they actually a threat all of a sudden
1: <laughs> they got a lot of information about
0: starfleet from jonas and seska back in mm. i guess season two of of voyager so they probably yeah knew like all about the medusans they knew how to make the the spock visors so they wouldn't go <laughs> mad they knew what kind of crystal put on the end of their spear so you could you could capture or harm mm. a medusa were you
2: saying, like before you're saying they're like they're connected it's like why did the did the Medusans know that they lost one of their members? Like that was, or did they just like oh acceptable? Oh, losses. like it? Like
1: do you mean like have they been looking for for Zero? Yeah, stuff?
2: I mean, or I and mean, they took off without him, so they like, or <laughs> them. Sorry. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean that's that's a fair question, and we may never know the answer. It may be like, well, we're looking, but it's it's a big galaxy. Uh, but that would also, I think, that could be something cool to follow up on. Mm-hmm. Also, by the way, if I'm not mistaken, the Kazon, while well, everybody knows, not a particularly inspired. Band of villains. That's understood by all, most of fandom. But I think they were, in fact, presented as a threat. They just, it's just, uh, you know, and they had threatening moments for sure, as you know, and voices. They were Voyager. definitely
3: supposed to be a threat. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, like, like genuinely like took the them
1: seriously. There were danger, mm-hmm. there, you know, episodes where it was dangerous. Unfortunately, they just maybe weren't the best written episodes yeah. or the most realized. And my
3: villains, favorite so. is the the board ran into them and they're like, not worth it. No.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that is truly the harshest judgment yeah. of them all.
2: Well, we've got lower decks um, getting. Uh, oh, help me! The packlids. packlids, Pack, pack leds, yeah. thank yes. you. Yes. I'm having a like Friday moment where like all of the week is just oozing out of my. Head. You're having
1: a. You're just having a pack moment. It's okay. There you go. Yeah.
3: Just what makes you go? <laughs> you're smart. Make, oh. <laughs>
1: you're smart. <laughs> I was to say visually,
3: I really loved this part. Like, well, because there's very yeah. little dialogue. Talking like, about very, like, how
1: like... that sort of beautiful look of the. Um,
3: yeah.
1: Of the medusans. Yeah.
3: Their design reminded me like of the Northern Lights-esque. Yeah. Yeah. The visually of having, of like Gwen being there when Zero was brought in and like the light going on her face was like really cool. And I was like, also like, oof, right? Gwen was not on the right side.
1: Right, and that's when yeah. they did the uh, the hard cut to the present, and mm-hmm. Gwen's like, I'm so sorry.
3: Yeah, I don't know her exact age, but around 15-ish, I was like, yeah. She's pro-
1: 17.
3: Okay. Uh, in
0: in the episode Kobayashi, they do a flashback to 17 years earlier when we see the Diviner create her.
3: Okay. Mm. But the, Gwen, also a child who was like, just yeah. like being told this was the right thing to do. And then basically, as soon yeah. as she was an adult, she was like, nope, out of here.
1: Yeah, when your when your moral compass is the diviner
3: Yeah, not well, Yeah, it's great. not like she's
2: going to school and surrounded by other people where she can choose like to make up her mind. There's like there's the people just people I that.
3: think you had to talk to were the diviner and dreadnought, right? Like yeah.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. No, I think I think it'll be interesting to talk about this a little bit later when we get to uh, the Diviner's story, Mm -hmm. because it seems like the Diviner, at least at at one time, was a more reasonable person who put some faith in Starfleet, and even now, before his memory came back, was like Starfleet's been helping me. Like he seemed to be completely honest before his memories kind of started coming back, and he got his anger back. Um, And and I'm wondering if, like, I I guess I mentioned it for this scene partially to say that. There may have there is a side of the diviner that is not just a ranting madman that you know that cares mm-hmm. about his people, does care about uh, his daughter, even if he's you know extremely mission focused more than yeah. parent focused. <laughs> uh, and and I I sort of wonder and I hope that there could be there could be something in his future that might course correct. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering about it.
3: And I like usually I'm I can be a little like like do I want to see like a villain like course correct that much? But I feel like I'm mm-hmm. more. I more want to see that on, like, on a kid show than I do on, like, other things.
1: And I also think it'd be possible to course correct without being, like, hokey about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. he doesn't have to, like, turn over a new leaf, but he, you know, might. Maybe, uh, like,
3: prioritizes Gwen in a, in a moment of, like, yeah. if she's in danger or something like that over.
0: Or or even if he doesn't come through in the end. But, you, I mean, like, I'm a big believer in in storytelling with your bad guys where we do tend to see like a bunch of like terrible people get redeemed and it you know can be kind of weird but Mm -hmm. i'm a big believer in you know telling stories where any like even if they're like gold ducat like there's always like the potential Mm -hmm. for redemption but it's up to the character if they're going to make that happen or not i think that's a good way to put it
3: i i think it's like i like stories with redemption arcs i have a problem when the redemption arc is done in like two episodes on like a show with for adults and you're like Mm, what were they? <laughs> didn't they kill a bunch of people like a week ago? Right. Yeah, like,
1: and that's you know, and I I know that like uh the screenwriters and stuff kind of get, you know, th- we, of course, romanticize villains in, in a way yeah. uh, in, in, in a pretty big way in a lot of genre fiction. And, uh, you know, we understand the appeal like, you know, there there's so much like essentially evil in our world is just banal. And, you know, it's not like people are like ranting super villains, but there's there's a lot of cruelty. And uh so we, we like to imagine that, you know, oh like no, what if what if his motivations were were you know, were more inspired? Mm-hmm. What, what you know, what if there was like this decent person inside them? I think it's easy to get caught up in that mm-hmm. for writers and because the fans the fans want the characters to be like and so you can kinda like just cut past this character development stage. Yeah, like, okay, they're a good guy now. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, Sure. Uh, you know, right. and this is a kid show. There's, there, uh, I say, kid show. This is an all ages show. But they sometimes work in big, uh, that, you know, they'll have big, broad things happen. Big decisions are get mm-hmm. made sometimes. But yeah, I do hope that they treat that with some subtlety if it yeah. does come to pass.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Jill in our live audience is saying, I would be fine with the diviner changing direction and this new character being the baddie instead. I, I think she's talking about ascensia exactly. slash the Vindicator.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that's exactly what I was thinking yeah. was that yeah. something like that could happen
0: yeah so we we could you know we we have we have her we have a new dreadnought so we we have plenty of baddies if they were going to uh redeem the diviner or Mm -hmm. i don't know have him have him die in the process of redemption darth vader style that's always an option on the table
3: that is the thing i find the most likely like end for the diviner story if they want to do any kind of redemption
2: save Gwen and perish Mm -hmm. in the process let's talk about this uh vana
0: cut backstory that we get with the diviner which i'm thinking given given how much they've just revealed to it i'm I'm thinking there's a good shot they might wrap up this diviner stuff at the end of the season mm-hmm. and whatever they do in the next 20 episodes might be might be a little different uh i, I could be wrong but I, just... I
1: have i have a big prediction to make and uh i could i can do it now or later but uh I have, a, I have a broad plot prediction
0: Uh let's let's go ahead and do it now what is okay
1: it? it's pretty quick uh i think eventually they're gonna get to whatever future point in time the diviner is from i don't know quite when that is a few hundred years no we... it's not it's not like a thousand years like in
0: discovery we don't right? know we don't i don't i don't think we know when it is but i, I don't think okay. it's that far in the future yeah.
1: i'm thinking it won't be that far because that'd be a little weird i've been trying to figure out how the kids are going to stay on the ship once janeway and everybody figures out once all the cards are on the table i think they're going to stay in that timeline they're going to send everybody back, but they're going to have to stay in that timeline. They'll have learned whatever lessons they did in this in this in this uh, storyline. Um, and that will be how they get to keep the protostar.
0: I would not be a fan of that because they jumped to the future in Discovery and I don't want to see them do the same thing in Prodigy.
1: I, I, I get that. But like, I think Discovery is kind of its own thing where like it is the far flung future. It is, you know, enough t- time that like big major things have pe- come to pass. Uh, that said, I you know, i haven't like turned this over a lot in my head. It's just that like I don't see a ton of other ways that they get to keep the protostar uh, without really <laughs> us having to squint a lot at whatever plot point I, makes that happen.
3: Because so, I was thinking similarly. But I, I do think they're going to jump to the future at some point. Mainly because I don't think they're just going to leave Chakotay there.
1: No, yeah, yeah that,
4: I
0: think it's going to be gonna... our finale. It's going to be the I big think... finale, the season finale. Right? We're going to rescue Chakotay from I the future. I could
3: see if like they have Chakotay being a bigger character next season. Maybe like, Janeway convinces him like, ah, oh, we should let these kids like be recruits.
1: Where he's the captain. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, like Starfleet would have to say like,
1: Chakotay, you resume command of the ship. They become your trainees. The ship gets fully yeah. staffed and, yeah. and all that. And I'm like, that would. That now, that that could still work, yeah. but like it'd be weird to not have Dahl as the captain, right? Of it would this take show, agency which is, away. From which it. is which is about these kids. It is not about Chakotay. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the
0: beauty of the Janeway hologram is that she's just there to advise, mm-hmm. and you know she can help. I guess like be autopilot and and do some basic or ship.
3: It could be something where but... they are not, like they wrap up a lot of it, but they can't get rid of the living construct yet.
1: I was wondering about that, you know, like or even some weird thing where like the living construct becomes like embedded in the ship in in like a permanent way. Mm-hmm. But it also like like scans the kids and it's like, oh, only their biosignatures or whatever will be allowed within it or it will do blank do X. And and so yeah, it's like that's the only way to have the ship doing you know, running around is with these kids. I don't know. But anyway, I just wanna throw that out there. We'll we'll see.
0: What did y'all think about the visual presentation of this flashback where I don't, I don't know,
1: are, are, like these. Oh, these the style. Paintings? It looks like, mm-hmm. yeah, it looks kind of like uh, illustrations and stuff like that. I thought that was uh, I thought that was kind of cool. I thought I'm it was not cool, particularly yeah. sure why they did it.
3: In my head, it was like everyone else is like being told, like everyone else is telling their story and the diviner is being told his
1: That's interesting. It takes on a slightly mythic quality when you see those illustrations, where it's not like the sort of personalized look, which is you know essentially reflective of the show's reality CG.
3: And I kind of wonder if maybe the Vindicator is like bending the truth a little. It looks like a story, as opposed to opposed to the other people are telling their personal truths.
1: Right. Right. He did say at some point, like, "Oh, Starfleet, they've been helping me." What? So, uh, Vindicator might have been like. Uh, I'm gonna have to lay it on a little thick and and kind of amp mm-hmm. up the 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 sacrifice and stuff in this. Uh, and maybe most of the the basics are true at least from uh, her, from her perspective. But yeah, it did it did give it a sort of more mythic quality.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Rachel, I love that explanation of why the the visual style might be different. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think the real world answer might be that uh, just to save on the the animation budget. You know, it's the same reason why the mm-hmm. the Kazons, the the four Kazons presenting captured zero to dreadnought are all identical because uh, they use the same yeah. cgi model so i think that might have been the reason why they they didn't animate this von von Acott civil war but it was fun hearing her version of stories and because and, you know she says things like when we made first contact and our people went to war with each other the federation refused to choose a side and it's like yeah but you know the prime directive they can't get involved yeah. with your internal affairs but you know from from her perspective it was like uh you know they, like they they could have ended the war but they just mm-hmm. didn't care enough about us to help us out stuff like that like,
3: what do you want them to do give you weapon give one side weapons so they like <laughs> blast the other side out of like
0: yeah i'm sure she would have been okay with that as long as it was her side yeah, yeah. no
3: i had oh god i'd never rewatch this episode but the uh the tng episode with that admiral who's aging backwards but the, oh, the thing too, is too short did, a season right yeah he's like yeah. he gave like uh um, Jameson. Both, yeah he gave both sides of a war weapons right that's what he did yeah. like
0: yeah he was a bad you also like the first time you watch that episode you know that guy is going to uh de-age because he's so clearly a young actor with old man yeah. prosthetics on his face
3: <laughs> i have seen that episode like twice and i was like i don't know i don't know if i can say this again <laughs> well
0: you know early tng they yeah. were they were figuring it out it takes a toll <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh but it was cool to see you know Robert Beltran and uh, mm-hmm. you know hear some
1: Jacote dialogue. He got to you know through even though it was the story was being told he got to be kind of do some action hero stuff. He led an escape. He sent the proto star back. He did some that's that's some pretty big hero stuff.
2: Good for you. Yeah. He saved an Aurelian. Carried, yeah. his, carried
1: his first officer on his back out of the Yeah, ship. yeah, that's what that's what Aaron was just saying. Um uh, what what are they called that? I'm not as familiar with this
2: Aurelian species it's the Aurelian. one of two bird-like species from the animated series
1: and, and do we know much about them like is there much like about their culture or not in Canon
2: no not really okay. um, so a bit you know of an about, open book a, a, most depending of them on don't wear clothes the, depending off if the score and Aurelian are actually like from the same species or the same you know they use the same model which is why they look exactly the same practically so speaking of reusing models we talked about earlier yeah. so it's possible that there's some some information if they're both you know about their kind of historical background they're sort of klingon like in some ways and they have <laughs> their you know basically a katra kind of a thing um but that depends on if they're the same creatures but these are uh apparently a flightless uh subspecies because yeah because this this dude doesn't have wings yeah he just has arms
1: I, I want to see more of him when they go to to bust Chicote out. Hopefully,
4: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Well, we know from the credits that they cast a voice actor as this character, so even though we don't hear him speak in this episode, I'm sure he'll he'll be more chatty the next time we see him. Uh, but they they explain, you know, the whole reason why he was the proto star in the past, but we knew like something happened in the future. So, like the long story short is that chakotay and the protostar they they i guess accidentally we can assume it's probably accidentally Mm -hmm. passed through this temporal anomaly showed up on the vana caught home world solemn and these people you know they hate the federation their civil war wrecked their world so they capture chakotay capture his crew put the living construct on the protostar and the plan is that you know one of them will pilot it back through the anomaly go up to the federation be like hey what's up let me infect you with this weapon that will destroy your entire fleet and Jakote sent the ship back without anyone aboard to, you know, get the get the weapon away from them, and that's when 100, they called themselves the Order, the Diviner was one of them, they go through the anomaly, they don't know when or where they're going to show up, and their sole purpose is to find the Protostar and use it against the federation they, they conveniently have only one remaining living construct that's why yeah. they just don't you know go get another one it's mm-hmm. like oh yeah our literally like our last one is on the ship so we have to go find it and he was looking for the proto star for decades when we saw that flashback back in back in the episode kobayashi and, and dreadnought is even saying like you know you can't make a progeny you can't defy the order and we didn't really know what that was referring mm-hmm. to but here you know we see what the order was
1: by the way that was a is the the dreadnought we're seeing is a different dreadnought. It is,
0: yeah, yeah. It is, uh, think... What do
1: you call it? The Vindicator's dreadnought yeah. unit, right? Um, so
0: all, all 100 of these people had a ship and had a dreadnought. Each of them turned into
1: different pieces of furniture.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like they all have like a weird, like Ikea name, like a Swedish name, probably. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's great. By the way, dreadnought and diviner are both, uh, I'm not sorry, diviner and uh, uh, vindicator are both pretty cool names. Did mm-hmm. uh, I, I assume all 100 people also got cool little <laughs> names when you joined the order? uh um, you no, know
0: only like the first 20 or 30 got cool names and then uh-huh. it, then it got lame after that it's like the spectator
3: yeah eventually it's like the captain planet where it's all the like elements and they're like and then you're like uh heart. Uh. <laughs> 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 but I, I can only imagine that chakotay goes through a wormhole ends up somewhere he, where he didn't plan to be and was just like are you kidding me not again Does <laughs>
1: this keep happening to me maybe it's me um but yeah I thought that was a nice that's a that's a good pretty concise explanation of like all the stuff that's basically been going down mm-hmm. we found out you know it's just like i can't remember if if how much of this has been firmed up but yes it's like he had been there long enough that he was like worried about death his that was you know one day going to be a problem so he created Gwyn. uh meanwhile vindicator arrived i think just equivalent of three years ago in the present time Mm -hmm. and we don't know the specifics of whether she replaced a real ensign essentia or somehow like went through the academy or what like fake
0: fake starfleet records
1: but uh but be that may, she she was once the same age as diviner and now he is like aged uh aged pastor it's creepy if they were to date
3: yeah i was like scared that that was gonna be the thing like we had a thing but it's weird now yeah uh, i honestly and it's weird because we know a lot about them now because she like was hiding as a trill right
4: yeah
1: mm-hmm.
3: and trills are a pretty secret society so i was like i wonder if like that was a choice that she made like mm. they yeah. don't know a lot about these people i'm gonna like, do this i can just one. say stuff yeah
1: <laughs> sorry i'm being a, a private trill I'm, I'm curious
2: if like if this is uh you know now that they have janeway like does she have to play both parts you have to be janeway and like with is there a way to like program that in like the the episode in voyager with the doctor or is she he, gonna
0: be he, able to disguise herself as janeway yeah in the, like, to do and like do double duty movie. or something mm. i think one cool thing from this is from now on from like this day forward any Star Trek writer for, you know, any show or movie or non canon thing, if they ever need like, oh, I, I like I really need like a Vana a Cot and a dreadnought to show up in my story. I can just say like they emerged from the, the temporal anomaly here because they, they, they said that like we didn't That's, know like where yeah. or when we would emerge. Yeah, so got plenty. Th- they're out there
3: like I do it's find true. it. Yeah, like cool. And it's like, yeah, why would they all appear at the same spot?
1: I uh, I called dibs on a, a one of them called the Arbiter i think that'd be cool
0: and the art there's like there's a dude in halo called the arbiter i don't know if they got to that in the tv show but it's in the games
1: well i'm not talking about that one father
0: <laughs> the arborist
1: <laughs> yeah that's that was number 97 yeah of the hundred
3: i was like i'd be like they're like i don't know the reader like the reader next
0: what about the content creator <laughs>
3: <laughs> by the way that there's still image that you've got the pulled up,
1: fathery of, uh, of the diviner he looks he looks tired he does <laughs> yeah. I almost I feel for him a little bit here and this is when I was like when he was while he was like kind of trying to wrap his mind around things is when I did feel a little bit bad for him mm-hmm. I guess I was trying to figure out in those previous episodes was like you know was it all an act you know mm-hmm. his like anguish and confusion was there you know was he you know was some of it sincere was he genuinely thankful it seems like he was uh for starfleet's help until he kind of remembered oh i hate them
0: there's that line of dialogue at the end of his story when the vindicator asks uh, you know i don't get it why would gwen your progeny why would she betray our cause and he says she met a boy
3: I did have a thought. Even someone who likes romance is like, "Oh, if, are they supposed to be romantic?" Like, I don't. I, that was a weird. I think so point yeah, I,
0: I think I think you know. If you go back to what was the episode, the first Murder World episode, <laughs> where you know they have that moment where like they're looking up at the stars and the constellations and true. stuff.
3: Like, I could definitely see it going there, but I was like, I just I was like, that feels like glo- a gross uh, simplification of what happened with Gwen.
1: Yeah, well, you know, dad's uh dads yeah. sometimes do that. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I know that they like wanted to, you know, at least dangle that possibility, you know, pro- I'm sure the other writers with, with Gwyn and Dal. Mm-hmm.
0: My sweet girl could never dislike me, her great dad. It must be that boy, he must be the bad influence on her. He it probably
1: listens to rap.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there was no way it was me abandoning her on a murder planet for a <laughs> ship.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, do you have anything else on uh, the Diviner's backstory in the Cut Civil War?
3: You know, uh,
1: I, I saw this mentioned elsewhere and I hadn't quite thought of, thought too much about it, that it was maybe a... Um, uh, what was it? Enzin at the Vindicator, seems to have gone through an awful lot of planning to have somebody just walk into her room uh while she's like all is being revealed
3: i did i thought she t- i was i assumed that janeway was going to walk into her and she'd have her disguise back on and i'd be like oh yeah nope she's like what is this it's
1: it's 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 kind of minor but i d- i did notice no it. one ever locks
2: doors in starfleet they don't expect people just to walk in i guess yeah especially on the
0: holodeck <laughs> they're not on the holodeck are they no i'm just saying like on the pe- people oh, people oh. walk
2: into each other's holodeck programs
0: yes, all the time got it i've yeah, never seen a locked, seen a locked holiday <laughs> yeah and we know what people do
1: on there uh,
3: apparently that is illegal in the holosuite because bashir calls garrick out on it
1: oh
3: <laughs> during uh, it's bashir. illegal to, yeah, to bashir, walk in or to he, he like says like technically i should call odo on you like about well, him coming he was like yeah, these are private i should call odo on you Oh. and he's like why are you playing spy like just answer me
0: <laughs> jake jake walked in on nog when he was doing some of his starfleet uh <laughs> yeah. training when he was just like out so, in front of the shuttle considering yeah. the right.
3: things they use holo suites for you should not walk in without knocking I'm, that's what i'm screaming like
0: but, you know star trek writers seem to think it's just uh open door policy so
1: jill Jill, who this week has adopted uh tysis uh in her name uh is upset that we haven't mentioned uh commander tysis yet
0: <laughs> he didn't really do much he's just like hey janeway here's a pad yeah and then that's true. He, that was he,
1: he 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 did some like, plot facilitations. Mostly I do always like hearing David Diggs's voice with mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And he, he does seem to be, he you did know, appreciate
3: which, classical music, which I appreciate.
1: Oh, you know, I wanted to mention that I thought that classical music piece, in addition to being a, like a really beautiful piece had the, the tinge of melancholy, not just tinge, mm-hmm. but it's, steeped in it that uh that i thought was a good uh intro for this kind of episode since this episode yeah. was kind of a lot of sad sad pasts it
0: had mm-hmm. both both beauty and sadness like all of mm-hmm. these stories yeah like the uh you know the the friendship between the hero and rock talk uh had a certain beauty to it the mm-hmm. the, the medusans had a had a certain beauty to them
1: yeah they they themselves were yeah visually and they they seemed to have mm-hmm. a fulfilling sort of exploratory kind of oneness with nature and themselves kind of live before they were taken
0: and there was a there was a type of of beauty to jencom pog's noble deed in, <laughs> in his story which i guess was was also the funniest of, of please take your but... name
1: <laughs> uh, Yeah, jill jill also does out oh, that Tysus, by the way, was the one who said maybe they should be chasing the Diviner and not the kids. So mm-hmm. good, yeah. good, good job, yeah, tysis That was that is a fair point, which I hope Janeway would also get to very quickly. I never
0: really gave it much thought. Why does Jenken pog always refer to himself in the first person? <laughs> just, maybe that's like something some tellerites do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know this this little short story here answers it.
1: Yeah, this is a sleeper ship story. I think I read the first sleeper ship story. I read some time in the early 80s and and then i've i've read seen and read many uh many versions since and it's still a you know like a, a pretty potent idea this one um uh this one is the uh, has the you know fairly classic notion of sort of the strange mystery of being one person being awoken but it, it, this is I, I don't think i've seen one where basically you get awakened and you're just put to work <laughs> <And> that's <laughs> that is Jenkin pog's poor fate is like
3: he just wants to sleep he wants to sleep in no more nap fix everything everything
0: Uh, i'm surprised that he lived as an orphan on teller prime for a little bit because he didn't seem to really know much about tellerites but then you know we see him here he's he's in this cryo tube in a room full of other cryo tubes so
1: i wonder if it's that some people don't seem to remember like you know too much about their childhood like even sometimes as far back as like before eight or ten you know it's just kind of a bit of a blur yeah I, i wonder if something a little bit like that like yeah he was at that orphanage and then yeah and i'm not
3: sure how old he's supposed to be he feels like he's to me he feels like
1: he's like 16. he's he's 16.
0: he he is 16.
3: okay Okay. so yeah i could definitely and it also could be a thing where like because he's like a Oh, he's 16, but also apparently very old.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's I guess, the oldest among them, right? Yeah, yeah he,
2: he has to be over 200 years old, because the, the yeah. Federation would have... brain been... damage from the, uh, the cryos.
3: He was asleep for a long time. He's still waking up a little bit. But I was like, maybe <laughs> Teller Prime is just so different that like everything he's heard, he was like, that doesn't make sense, so I have to just stay quiet.
0: It's weird to use orphans as your astronauts. Like, oh, yeah. what's on the other side of the galaxy? I don't know. Let's send some kids no one's going to miss over <laughs> yeah. there to go check it out. (laughs)
1: it does seem like a uh, maybe a uh, one of the more distressing sides of uh, teller life Tellerite Mm -hmm. life uh, from from the pre-federation days i'm assuming they
2: don't do that after
0: the federation after they yeah yeah there's got to be something against that
3: they like try to do it again and they're like we have starfleet now what are you doing
0: (laughs) yeah we also have like uh child labor laws as part of like the starfleet uh, or part of the federation charters no we don't pay them there's no labor there's no there's nothing involved with money but it is it is funny that like that montage of him every time he repairs a system another one breaks down you know that's <laughs> very Fire realistic. suppression the
1: arboretum gravity the yeah clogged toilet what does he like kind of get that, that increasingly haggard and he's like jankum will fix it
0: <laughs> yeah when he finally fixes everything and everything is repaired and he's oh he's like okay i can finally like go back to sleep and then the robot is like no you used up too much oxygen <laughs>
1: It's horrible. And I guess we didn't we didn't quite say it, but like the robot has this kind of g- glitchy protocol thing where yeah. anytime it re- converses with him, he has to state his name before it. He's like Jankin Pug is going to go do this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. And and so that is that is where he picked up yeah. the affectation.
0: Yeah. Boxy, the the robot was named Boxy.
1: I felt uh I felt bad for him. Like <laughs> it was too. like there was a lot of visual humor in this one, but but like the actual situation is terrible.
0: Joanne Roberts in our live audience, is asking why was the toilet clogged? But apparently, like he was using it. Everyone else is asleep, so yeah. I, he even says, "Like, you know, well, Jankom Pog's not fixing that." But then, like we see him face, like, "Oh yeah," because he had to use it again, so he needed to unclog it. <laughs>
3: I also how like how long was he awake for? Because the robot wouldn't let it go back to sleep at all.
1: Yeah, yeah I that's assume true. he was awake for uh, I don't know, like a couple of days. Like, yeah. or, or maybe he was like uh, taking naps, but not cryo sleep.
3: Mm-hmm. It was
1: interesting. His like his voice. He he didn't quite have like his full. He, he sounded younger. Like he actually mm-hmm. sounded a little younger. He didn't. He didn't had have all his speech affectations and stuff yet. He didn't Until quite like sound very as snarky. Yeah.
0: yeah, He goes. He goes full blown drink and Pog like because he's even. He's still like, little. he's like proto Jenkum Pog, even when he's like, I'll do the heroic thing. I will, Mm -hmm. I will eject myself from the ship. So everyone else will have plenty of oxygen to complete their journey. Just make sure they remember me. And then like when the robot asked him for his name again, and uh, you know, it's like the straw that broke the camel's back. That's when he's like totally Jencom Pog, like after that, he's like, for really, I'll just, just forget about it. (laughs) Jencom Pog (laughs) is out of here. (laughs) Yeah. I love the robot at the end waving. That's great. Then he's immediately abducted by Kazon's.
1: <laughs> yeah uh that he's of course uh wrong about Tellerite's uh being the nobility that he's kind of started to imagine mm-hmm. but he is a noble Tellerite. Right. yeah true. and
0: gwen, gwen even uh you know hammers that point home when when she's like you're talking about like oh yeah sounds like a you know sounds like royalty to me
1: oh that's right that's right
3: i do like to imagine whenever those other tellarites eventually wake up they're just gonna look over and like wasn't there someone here
1: yeah
3: why is this one empty
0: I don't know that was like 200 years ago yeah
1: <laughs> i also liked uh there's a little turn of phrase he used uh while he was like bashing on some stuff with his wrench or whatever calling it he called it percussive maintenance i, I, I think wanna... he said that
0: before yeah uh, he, he, he said that he yeah. said that a few times but he, the first time he said it was in the first episode when they got him to help repair the proto-star. Okay.
1: so that was like uh either uh either a tellerite thing or because he was like a trainee engineer right mm-hmm. yes yeah. he He's like, wake up one of the real guys. And he's like, all right, I'll do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, because the robot was kind of malfunctioning. It had like that stutter, which was a, a good way of explaining like why the robot didn't d- do the most logical thing of waking up like an actual engineer. Or maybe even right. like, here, wear this environmental suit so you don't use up all of our yeah. oxygen yeah. supply or you know, something like that. The, the robot was dumb because of a malfunction. Mm
1: hmm or the same people who would send uh, orphans out on sleeper ships.
3: <laughs> You're like, if something goes wrong, wake up, wake up that kid. No one will miss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like,
1: yeah.
2: Wasn't it just an accident that he woke up anyway? It was just like the. the yeah, yeah. The it was, asteroid yeah. or a little an, an
0: asteroid hit the the outside of the ship and it made the wrench fall onto his pod and that woke him up but yeah let's talk about i guess the the ending uh they they tease a story from murph but all murph can do is burp because he's got like a i don't know a little slime worm baby brain and doesn't Mm -hmm. speak it's kind of mysterious like how much does murph know and understand i kind of like that there's a a bit of a mystery to
3: it sure is there any anything behind those eyes i don't know (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah maybe but Um, But uh, then Janeway goes on to tell her story and she starts talking about like her dog that was first mentioned in the first episode of Voyager. Mm -hmm. So I I kind of assume that it's, it's probably an abridged version, but I'm going to assume that she basically tells them like, at least, like the the cliff notes of the entire seven
2: seasons yeah. of Star Trek Voyager.
3: Probably, probably, <laughs> leaves, out, probably leaves out Probably leaves that. Two doesn't need to be judged for that.
2: Uh, no, no uh, Omega or, particle episode.
3: <laughs> no,
0: it starts like a, it starts like a debate between these kids. Like some of them are like, "Yeah, Two should have died." Others are like, "No, that was that was terrible. You're a murderer, Janeway." It's just like this whole debate on the proto story. <laughs> Those kids will
3: never know how annoying that piece of shit is.
0: So. Yes. <laughs> oh. No one will ever shut up about this for the rest of y'all's lives. Yeah. I
1: think they should have shown it like a montage and they should have had like a part where it was like all scary and dark and she's like telling ghost stories and she's like, and that was the year of hell.
2: We're <laughs> yeah. the scary clown.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, God.
2: Then there was that time we went to Los Angeles in 1996.
3: <laughs> Sarah Silverman was there. It was weird. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Once we like were flying around and we just found Starfleet Academy.
4: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. The In, in Boothby, but not the real boothby mm-hmm. i was also once queen
2: of the spider woman women
0: y'all are uh, y'all were laughing at the the moment at the end when janeway walks in on the vindicator and dreadnought and the diviner and they're just all kind of like hanging when, you know, when janeway like opens the door and then sees this <laughs> giant robot and this vodna woman in a starfleet uniform
3: i love the dreadnought i just feel i feel like Dreadnought's going like this is awkward
0: <laughs> yeah I, I i literally laughed out loud at this moment because i wasn't expecting it i thought that she would get there and they would be like back in like their disguises yeah and they would like draw out this like oh when is janeway going to figure this out but i i honestly like i kind of prefer this the, yeah uh, uh, and then just like the quick karate chop from the diviner <laughs> the look on her face yeah she just got chopped in the neck like that, that will not if star trek has taught us anything it's like if you hit someone in the side of the neck with a karate chop hand hard enough they will take a nap
1: <laughs> and if you don't then you gotta like you gotta lace your fingers together for a good double oh, yeah. fist mm-hmm. smack.
0: that's when you're extra serious when you really mean yeah. business that's when you want it to
1: hurt <laughs> that's what i'm saying you see see how i'm saying the diviner could be redeemed he only she only chopped her
0: you yeah. know, he didn't, he didn't do the double fist punch, just the <laughs> chop quick. Give her 20 cc's of coffee. That's what she needs. She's going to drink her coffee. It's going to be like, uh, you know, when Pope Popeye eats spinach. <laughs> yeah. 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 Da, 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 da.
1: <laughs>
2: I'm very curious to see how that how this pans out, though.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the show is really good at like you know i, I kind of get annoyed of like everything ends with the cliffhanger but it's not really bothering me even though the, i guess this is like what the third cliffhanger in a row like on the threads on that carry carry through as opposed to the like yeah. cliffhanger per se i think
3: I, I think i'm also thinking of it because i'm hearing jamila Javille's voice while watching this show now
0: oh yeah we didn't talk about that at all but yeah she we really have to hear her play the yeah actual character like the character Mm -hmm. she got hired to play yeah Yeah. because you
3: were saying like does it sound like her accent it sounds like her accent as she does it on the good place which is she's doing a more posh version of her accent yeah Uh, it's
0: even it's even like a little different from that because it's very you know cold and yes evil
3: but actually the way they do cliffhangers is reminding me of the good place where some i'll be vague are like very big deals but most Mm -hmm. of them ended on something
2: yeah Right. That's a good point. That's true. Yeah,
0: cuz I'm I'm dying to see what happens next.
3: Yeah. So and I, I always feel
2: that way your every expectations, week. Expectations like wanting something but not like leaving you super frustrated.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, like I you know, I'm very satisfied with what we got, but I'm also very um I don't know, appetized to to get more. Yeah.
3: You they're they're giving you incentive to want to come back next week.
0: Right, right. Great job with uh with keeping that that long-form story arc moving along. Uh, does anyone have any final thoughts on this episode they want to get out
1: there? I think I said my stuff. <laughs> it's, it's really good. Yeah. They they've they've been on a roll for a bit. You know, the only mm-hmm. thing that I kinda haven't liked in the last few episodes was I did I felt like Okana's subplot kind of ended with a bit of a whimper. That has
2: to come back, I imagine.
1: Yeah, I feel and, like maybe it, is. it will come back. I feel yeah, like we've
0: I, we've thrown the boomerang out into space and now we're just
1: waiting for it to return. hmm It's a Chekhov's O'Kana.
0: Yeah, I mean, Chekhov's
2: boomerang at the most <laughs> annoying time he will show up. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, let's talk about some gorn eggs. We have a uh, gorn egg section of the show. For those who don't know, the, these are all of the Easter eggs and jokes and continuity connections in this episode that I thought were worth mentioning. Now, starting off right at the beginning, Janeway jamming to some tasty classical music, and that is actually Prelude number no. four by, uh, how do you say it? Ch- 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 Chopin? Chupon. Chopin. I never, Chopin. It's, like, it's spelled like Chopin, so I, yeah. I never know how to say it.
3: That's fair. But uh, it's
0: Frederick, pronounced Chopin.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. Frederick Chopin.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Prelude number four for an episode that has four preludes. So uh, I thought that was really cool. Uh, Pretty
1: cool. Next we get Mambo number five.
0: <laughs> we, we, we heard this music in Star Trek a couple times before. They they used this in uh, Picard in that episode of the Stargazer. And then many years ago, they used it on The Next Generation in the episode, The Masterpiece Society with
2: Gattaca. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah basically Gattaca on Star Trek <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the, the little boy I think his name is Matthew plays it on the piano uh, the hero that was in Rock Talk's story is actually a Bajoran it's kind of oh. hard to tell because oh. it's like a very oh. wrinkled face but yeah. I yeah. thought
3: those were wrinkles, but no yes. that's the oh, Bajoran I missed nose.
0: That. I missed his, that. his nose has have the Bajoran ridges so that's the first appearance I believe of the Bajorans on Star Trek Prodigy cool. uh, originally first featured in The Next Generation and then very prominently in DS9 then another returning legacy alien is the uh Bolian. There's a fat Bolian slaver who sells out rock Bolian talk to the full K's. of jelly. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, he, he's a rare Bolian with hair, which we did yeah. see one previously in uh, the TNG episode. Um But what's she the name really of it? wasn't We're... really a Bolian;
1: she was pretending to be
2: one. That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> who knows if they really do have hair?
1: But I guess presumably means that uh, in disguising
2: yeah no i know i'm just sorry
1: yeah
0: <laughs> there is possible precedent of like a bullion with hair or you know he could be like a half bullion or something i just always assumed that this was supposed to be like a bullion wearing a wig like for like style purposes but mm. we know mott was a barber so i i guess some bullions yeah, why, do would, grow you hair. You yeah,
4: why
0: exactly. would you He's learn that
3: yeah why would you just so fascinated by hair he dedicated his life to it that's
0: kind of what i always Maybe. thought too but uh i just assume i guess okay either some I, bullions I grow hair the... or
3: that the that bolian is like he has hair but he also has a bald head so maybe if they do like it looks like my grandpa if like they do
0: <laughs> he would look better if he just shaved his head yeah <laughs> instead of having like sure. this big bald he has oh, this kind sure of, like, felt... if you're
1: if you're gonna apply yeah. your very terran standards but to a bolian that's sexy as
3: hell
0: yeah uh, he's a bad so guy have, like, why the, do we care the, the hulk hogan skullet
1: yeah yeah, like it—it it, kind of adds to his bad guy you look. Know, I actually is like... think I've
3: seen something where it—it it was like a Shakespeare or something. where They had Patrick Stewart rocking this. It was not the mm-hmm. look.
0: Yeah, in um in the 1984 Dune movie that yep. David Lynch made. Oh, that's what yeah. that's how Stillgar looks when, or not Stillgar, Gurney. The uh, when mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart played Gurney in that movie. That's how he looks. Uh, moving on the uh, Medusa and stuff we got in this episode. There was a lot of of throwbacks to. Uh, is there in truth no beauty? We got to see that Medusin case again that came from that episode. We got to see the Spock visor that I'm a big fan of. It's shown up on Lower Decks also. Mm-hmm. And we got to see the Medusin ship that was created for the remastered version of the original series. We saw it there. So uh, that was uh, cool to have that that design brought back. It's very faithful to the TOS aesthetic. So I love I love yeah. seeing that yeah. uh, referenced here.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Speaking of ships, though, we saw the ship that made first contact with the Vodna before Chakotay met up with them. It was a Prometheus class ship, the four nacelles uh, that was from the Voyager episode message in a bottle, which, by the way, uh, we will be watching this at some point in 2023 in the uh, text Trek Patreon watch parties. Uh, I'm thinking, like maybe like March. We have like some stuff lined up until then, but it's, it's an episode that I think would be a lot of fun for that, which Dave has not seen yet. So I think it'll be cool to see. His maybe their holographic doctor created all the problems on on Vonda. Ka- <laughs> <on, on, laughs> oh yeah, on so, blame him for everything. Yeah. The uh, the Kazon shuttle. It's uh, very similar to the uh, the Kazon ships that we saw in Star Trek Voyager, and the one that we saw in the the first episode of Prodigy. And uh, last but not least, with the ships, there is the Tellarite sleeper ship. It's a pretty similar design to the Tellarite ships of Star Trek Enterprise, which was also pre-Federation. I'm thinking that this one that Jenkin was on must be even older since it didn't have warp drive and the ones in Enterprise mm-hmm. did. So we okay. should say he's well over, he's at least probably like 250, maybe even like 300 years old. He could be alive now in like 2022.
3: Just I, on, on Teller Prime. You said he was 16. I just had the like, how long have you been 17. <laughs>
0: And uh, we were talking earlier about Dakota's aurelian first officer the uh, aurelian species first appeared in star trek the animated series yesteryear History. oh and uh janeway talks about molly the irish setter so that was uh, her dog that that she she lost that that she didn't get to return to because she got trapped in the delta quadrant and i guess when her and mark <laughs> Separate. Mark gets custody of of Molly, so she Admiral Janeway needs a replacement dog. Well, Molly had puppies, so maybe mm-hmm. there was maybe she had one of those. Oh yeah, just give give her one of a yeah. They they need they need to do that in Prodigy. Uh, Aaron Waltke, if if you're still around, see if you can can we get can we get Molly's puppies in the future. <laughs> what do we what do we need to do to make it happen? Give Let Janeway
3: a dog
1: peak star trek wholesomeness
2: i always said that molly being the irish setter was the best example of the irish culture in star trek everything else is kind (laughs) of like (laughs) a mess
0: i think chief o'brien had like some good moments but yeah Yeah. there's definitely some some bad ones well i'd love to hear what people out there think about this episode uh you you heard what we think so let us know what you think you can comment on youtube or Sound off on the Text Trek Facebook page or in the Text Trek Discord server or reply to my tweets on Twitter for Elon Musk des- destroys that website. Could be any day now. <laughs> I don't I don't know how much more time we have, but uh let, let's talk about Star Trek while we still can over there. <laughs> Dave, some people were talking about last week's episode Masquerade, so if you want to share any subspace transmissions we've received about last week's episode.
1: Sure. And this was the episode that had the kids in the neutral zone, had uh Dalf getting his uh genetic Finding out about his genetic heritage, or I guess maybe lack thereof, and and going through all those weird changes, and also the uh, Romulans pursuing the kids in a big space elevator chase. So first up, uh, on on Twitter, uh, Adam Salzman said, uh, For everyone who's been a lifelong fan of Trek, this episode was absolutely bonkers in the best ways possible. For those that are using Prodigy as their entry point, it was a beautiful story of self-acceptance. Let's see, I'm not not sure if I'm saying this this right, but it looks like Garlin? Garelan. It was another fantastic episode. The tension was palpable. The shenanigans were on point, uh, and the need it left in me to know what happens next is intense. Speaking of the cliffhangers earlier, uh, Spotted Giraffe says, uh, "All I have to say is Romulans," <laughs> and uh, a big heart afterwards.
0: She was a Romulan enthusiast.
1: Yes, and that's very reasonable. Uh, uh, let's see. Haven says, "I am heartbroken that my third favorite trill is not actually a trill, but Gwen in disguise." <laughs> Well, we thought it might be Gwen in disguise, (laughs) Uh, but uh, uh, and then said, uh, but I love Gwen. So it's a Kobayashi Maru. Uh, But yeah, that's uh, that one did not turn out to be the case. Just a Von Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Joanne Robertson said, I was surprised that Okana betrayed them and just skulked away. I was not surprised by the reveal because, uh, oh, I was talking about the um, the the vindicator. I was not surprised by the reveal because folks had been talking about her her, uh, or leaking about her, but I didn't expect her to be from the future. I really like the overall theme about identity and family, though. James said, still a bit disappointed by Okana, a bit out of character. Hope he gets a chance to redeem himself. Let's see. Uh, Opinions no one cares about over on uh, YouTube uh, says, Jellico gonna Jellico. <laughs> that's truer words that have never been spoken. <laughs> Ultra Woman, I think, had the the strongest reaction to this episode. She said, that was totally excellent. Prodigy is now my all-time favorite Star Trek series. And then there was, like, a ton of heart-themed emojis and stuff afterwards. And then I, I want to wrap it up with the flip side of that. I'm going to say the more Vulcan side of reactions. I am Joshua says, good episode.
0: <laughs> well said, Joshua.
1: <laughs> so there we have it.
2: Good tea, nice house.
0: <laughs> yeah, very, very direct and to the point. Uh, that's how Tysus, I think would 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 respond. <laughs> you know, he kind of has that uh that, that Tuvok energy. But mm-hmm. <laughs> We'll be back next week to talk about season 1 episode 17 Ghost and the Machine. I'm sad we're getting close to that uh that two-part finale. You know, we we just have <laughs> Ghost in the Machine and then what one other episode and then we'll be the 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 two-part finale episodes. So that's that's it. That's all the trek for uh for 2022, but you know that's we That's wild. We have big stuff coming next year. Uh, we're going to be returning to Deep Space Nine. Uh, Dave and I are going to be uh, covering uh, season six and seven of DS9, my personal favorite Star Trek show. I'm watching it for the 47th time. He's watching it for the first time. So those are always fun to hear our reactions of that. People seem to get a big kick out of that. And uh, yeah, then we have Picard and uh, new seasons of Strange New Worlds and Discovery
2: and Lower Decks. So all kinds of stuff coming up. Sounds like Picard's going to visit uh, Deep Space Nine as well. So you've got like, a little bit of uh Oh, yeah. Yeah,
3: well, I don't know the station or the show. No, yeah, sorry,
2: the
0: yeah, yeah. They, they keep talking about like the the Deep Space Nine stuff, the 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 post Dominion War stuff they're going to be doing in Picard season three. So it's it's a great time to be uh, revisiting DS Nine. Well, we'll have plenty of fun with the remaining Prodigy episodes in the meantime. Uh, you know, starting uh, next week with with Ghost and the Machine, and then onward for the rest of the season that we all seem to be enjoying a lot. So until next week, as always, live long and prosper, y'all.
3: Listen to the Text Trek podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or at text-trek.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com text-trek and follow Fathery on Twitter at TXTrek. Please support us by liking our videos and subscribing to our channel on YouTube. Thank you and take care.